Well, today we have Marcus Hall with us, who is the branch director of the YMCA here in Kelowna. Thanks for being on the podcast, Marcus. Excited. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, I mean. Yeah, we're excited to talk to you. And and before we get in, I have a bunch of questions um, and like topics, things we can talk about. But um, I guess like the one thing that I'm most curious about is like how are you just like dying to play basketball again? Like what is that like being the director of, you know, a YMCA during COVID-19? What's that like? Oh, man. Yeah, it's been tough. You know, you try to have like a – relative sense of urgency with something but I um I miss it so bad it's you know my main form of exercise and you know I was telling you like I can't run on a treadmill for five minutes but I could chase a basketball for two hours so I miss playing and and the exercise and having a game to go to I also just miss like being around people like the high fives the good jobs the you know pickup basketball kind of reveals everybody for who they are kind of yeah so you know, I miss um, being competitive like that, and I miss being on the same team as people and just having that kind of build up. that, you know, I knew it was awesome and how much we play pickup basketball, and I knew how great the game is. But, you know, anytime you're just in a snap of fingers removed from it, um, you realize just never to take it for granted again because just being active with people and playing the game you love is something that doesn't last forever. So Sure, absolutely. So you guys are uh, doing a kind of uh... – half capacity open next week is that true yep exactly so we have some restrictions on um some of the different areas of the building and doing our best to separate some of the equipment and you know just draw out some guidelines to help people stay responsible um and it's kind of a phased plan where we're going to open and be at uh, half capacity then try to um introduce some of our typical programming and the typical way we do things back into the y over the course of the next few weeks sure so what have been some of the challenges over the last like two months in terms of um, like uh, I know there were like classes and things that you were doing before. Did that kind of move to a Zoom platform or uh, or did that just kind of just fall off? Yeah, we, we've I think as an association done a good job of trying to reach folks, you know, mm-hmm. um, in those areas. Fitness classes is one, you know. The YMCA for a lot of people is part of their routine, working out is part of their routine, and so trying to connect them and keep them as much, um, you know, being as much a part of their routine as as possible without being open is definitely a a tough task, but, you know, I feel like we've tried to have some online and some, just some avenues for them to stay connected with the Y. It's been challenging with youth sports, you know, we're going into the, the spring and summer season with youth baseball and softball and so having to cancel those things and, you know, really in some ways rescheduling and replanning is almost more labor intensive than just executing the program as it was. For sure. So there was a phase there where we were deciding to cancel things. And then, you know, the second part of that two months has been spent, you know, spending time on trying to regenerate those things when we get back to to normal. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and this is such an interesting time because the Wellman YMCA was done before Kelowna, then Kelowna, which was, was that a year ago? About 18 months ago. Yeah. So, um, and then the Washington Y is almost complete. And that grand opening is supposed to be June 1st. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So what's, what's, uh, happening there exactly? You know, it's kind of a, a unique little pause button. You know, I think that 
the YMCA, everything is so cyclical. We're always looking forward to the next season and planning. And then, you know, of course, the execution piece, but um, it's given the Washington Y and the leadership there the opportunity to kind of plan and have a, a time period where they can transition without members in the building or programs going on um, that they can, you know, hit the ground running when they open. Sure. And then also, you know, for us, it's been a little bit of a sprint with Kelowna. You know, we're trying to do a lot in trying to, you know, produce as many great things for our members as we can. Um, that sometimes that pause button is good for us too. Just is what we're doing right. Um, should we keep it up? Is it totally the wrong thing or could we improve it in sure. some way? And so I think Kelowna and Wellman, you know, being here for that for a little, for longer than Washington, obviously it's been, it's been in a way, you know, good for all of us just to kind of, um, at least take a look at what we do and how we do it. Sure. Yeah, that's great. So, um, speaking of kind of, uh, you know, taking a look at your programs and things like that, you're the director of the hardwood Academy mm-hmm. and that's a basketball camp. Um, what is, how is that going to happen this year? Uh, what, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and, and kind of your vision behind starting that and, uh, getting that going? Yeah, definitely. So Hardwood Academy is a basketball training program that is longer in, in duration than um, a typical camp. Um, so it started when in 2015 when we took over the, the YMCA, took over management of the old Kelowna Rec Center. Mm-hmm. So it started with just a few kids, uh, early morning workouts. Dusty um, gym. Dusty gym, super dusty gym, like dusty after you dusted it type of gym. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it started then with some... I have an interest in basketball. You know, I think that I have a responsibility for all programs, but I definitely have an interest in basketball. So that fed into being ambitious with that. And then you meet that with some players who, you know, wanted to improve. And um, it was good. It was a gym to me. So we started to develop those sort of things. And then, you know, over the last four years, it's really grown. Um, it occurs. So this year, typically it's throughout June and July. And last year there was 27 total sessions. This year with the situation we've had to delay the start till June 15th. Okay. Um, and so this year we're going to go June 15th through July 31st of 2020 and offer it actually five days a week at, um, in Kelowna and Washington. Okay. So our coaches and staff um, will be at each of those days. And honestly, it became a situation where I was always trying to choose – the right time to do something based on everybody else's schedules, school schedules, other sports, et cetera. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to offer it all the time and they can come as much as they can. So of like the 30 days, typically people come 70 to 80% of the days okay. based on their you know motivation and their individual schedules. And then also, you know, just because it's so long, there's really opportunity to try to improve a player over that course of time and see them go through highs and lows and hopefully come out the other end, you know, much more confident and, and skilled player. Um, so that's something that, you know, we look forward to seeing again this year yeah. with a little more compactive schedule. Yeah. Schedule. Well, one of the things you touched on was that, uh, it's, it's a program that's been growing over the last four years. So I'm curious as the director and kind of the person that started it is passionate about it. Where do you see that this program being in the next four years? Good question. Well, the, Progress has been quick. I feel like um, the the traction we've been getting lately in terms of you know players that attend and then return, 
you know, which, which shows that they felt that there was value in the experience. And then also them, um, spreading that word and helping us get help to get new players has brought us to here. So last year we had 50 players participate in the program when it was just here in Kelowna. Um, early returns are that we're going to be, you know, continue to grow. And I think it's just exciting to do something different. You know, the structure of it and the format of it is, is different than a typical camp. Sure. Um, do it here, you know, in our hometown where we have um, now great facilities. Uh, we have the resources available. And just the amount of people that we can bring in and empower to find passion or confidence or camaraderie through the game yeah. is encouraging to me, whether it's, you know, new coaches that are able to bring in and have an impact with players, you know, new players who are coming in and, and experiencing that. And then also, you know, our collaborations and our sponsorships from people like you and Storyline Media and, and all the things that are, you know, surprisingly, not surprisingly, but pleasantly, surprisingly, they're getting behind something like this and yeah. we're starting to see an increase in interest there too. So I think we're just going to keep growing. We're going to try to do something a little different than what a lot of other camps are and, you know, really just try to produce players that get better over the course of the experience for sure and um, try yeah. to provide that to them yeah yeah that's awesome so uh one of the things that you kind of mentioned was that um you know you're kind of bring you're starting it here so you i think you said the word home mm-hmm. um what attracted you to this job and starting a program that you are wanting to continue to grow and like um, and I could be wrong, but it seems like you want a, this Hardwood Academy, you want it on the map, right? Mm-hmm. In as far as like basketball. Um, so I just, I think there's something that I really respect about starting it in your home mm-hmm. and then just having it be such a, like a quality program that I, I don't know. I, I maybe it's hometown pride mm-hmm. if, but I don't know if you want to just talk a little bit about that and the thought process because you know you could have gone and worked for another basketball academy or you know like there's just so many options probably available to you i'm just wondering if you want to talk a little bit about starting it here in Kelowna. yeah definitely um the timeline so at the time i was hired at the y i was a high school basketball coach and um prior to 2015 when i started at the y had a few years as a high school basketball coach and um took over a program that hadn't seen a ton of success when it comes to wins and losses or, you know, creating, you know, super high level of players. And so when it came to the number one objective, when I became a coach before I started at the Y was, all right, so if we're going to be any good at basketball, no offense or no like thought that I can have is going to be nearly as good as getting better basketball players and developing them. So, you know, I learned through that experience that, Number one, you got to get them to love the game or, or at least help illuminate the game to them, decide if they would, that they like it or they'd like to spend time on it. And then just the benefit of whether it's an individual or a group of people, if you work on something and you put your passion into it, um, you can see results and you can see things change. I think something I fell in love with early when it comes to basketball training is, you know, you work on something in June or July and it's difficult for a player and no one else is around and it's 6 a.m. and you're trying it, trying it, trying it. And the payoff isn't until, you know, fourth quarter on the road in the winter, six months later. And it's like, oh, he didn't have that before. 
he wouldn't have it now if it weren't for that hard work. And so the pl- like just the sheer like sense of accomplishment, even on a kind of a microscope mm-hmm. for me, and then for that player, what I saw it do for the player, um, I think was something that I fell in love with. And so when I started the Y, was still doing the coaching thing. So I kind of like I knew how to do it. You know, I knew how to generate some programs or some energy around the game of basketball. So. So when I started doing the Hardwood Academy workouts and essentially just working with players in this community in addition to the to the players I had on the high school team. So that's kind of how it was initiated. Um, you know, I, early on I kind of immersed myself in the game. I've always loved the game, but I, I then started looking at, you know, coaches and trainers and um, what I liked and didn't like about what certain people were doing. When it came to the game, I think there's a lot more gray area when it comes to basketball than black and white. Like, not, not a lot is wrong or right to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's you should be able to do a lot of things. And if we can know anything about basketball, players and teams and coaches are successful in a lot of different ways. So helping them kind of reach that and not pigeonhole a player into a certain way but being open-minded about what development looks like for everybody. Sure. And then I like the camaraderie. I like the the there's nothing quite like you know Harvard Academy one thing about it is we're, we're growing and growing but we're trying to retain that small feel where we have quality coaches so now our ratio is is solid because there is nothing quite like you know having that relationship the nuance of knowing when things are right or wrong with the player and what factors that are making that so um it's just been a source of the confidence builder you know sure. I, I I like um seeing the results that people have. I, you know, when it comes to basketball, a lot of times I kind of relate it to music. Do you play any instruments, John? No. You don't play, so you'll no. know exactly what I'm talking about. So one of the, um, one of the things that, you know, typically a parent or um, someone who's near a player says, well, we want to give them confidence. We'd like to instill some confidence in them, or they often even say to the player, Let's take a younger player, someone who's not in high school yet, someone who's just developing, getting in the game, right? Um, you need to play confident. And I re- quickly realized that the only way to do that is through hard work and mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to tell you, John, all right, here's this guitar. John, you're a great guitarist, bro. I have confidence in you. You're going to do great. You need to pl- play that guitar with confidence, okay? All right, ready? Start the concert. You would be like, Ding! What do I do? Right. Sure. No matter what I said or not, how how I said it, that I can't give you that confidence. So I quickly realized that this thing that we're seeking or trying to grasp is only attainable over the long haul. It's only obtainable if I tell you that now you have a year to figure out how to play guitar, and you work on that guitar all the time. Sure. And now I don't need to tell you to be confident because now maybe it takes it longer for a guitar. I don't know. I'm not musical myself, but in a similar fashion. You, you don't need to tell someone that because it's it's in the work. Sure, it's in those days. It's when I step out here. It's not okay. Now what do I do? It's this is what I do. For sure, I've been doing it, and I know I have a center to get back to if things go wrong. Yeah, and so I think that was just just uh, the realization of that, and then the buy-in from the players and the and the coaches and the relationships there that you know kind of help um, just continue to spur Hardwood Academy and into what it is now and what we're trying to get it to. Yeah. So is there any way for you to track feedback or progress that players are making outside of the academy? I'm just curious as to like, um, 
because you're you're putting together a stellar training program, and I'm just wondering when they go off, like when they actually put that to use, like in on the court or you know, I, I I'm just wondering if mm-hmm. like because I'm always curious because like if I do a video for somebody and they take it and then they post it mm-hmm. somewhere and I don't like sometimes I don't get feedback even though there's really positive things coming out of it. And I'm just wondering if no, that's if, a great, that's actually a great question. Um, you know, I've, I've ran some camps and some clinics through, um, like breakthrough basketball, which is an organization here in Washington that part of, and in breakthrough, what part of the process is having a re- review after where the people are able to submit comments. And that's okay. a very like, you know, to the point, this is what I think, this is what um, I got from it. Again, that is very much, it's a shorter time period of camp and sure. the the feedback is very direct in in the form of print hardwood academy because the duration and the relationship that we're able to build or hopefully build with our players over the course of this time leads us to meaning it when we say hey we care how what happens now sure so tell me what happens now um send me videos of what happens now um what do you the the process of of improving you as a player doesn't stop the last day of camp. It's it's we try to be with that player, and at a scale where we're able to stay with that player and see how they're doing their seventh grade games now. Um, just knowing that if they know we care, then maybe they're open to submitting things to us from parents or players. That mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing better than saying than hearing that this player is totally different than when before he came, and. Um, because of that, I'm averaging more points or I'm getting playing time or I made this team or just I have more fun with the game because I'm better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of our missions is just try to stay connected with that player to that degree mm-hmm. um, because we, we feel like there's a dual investment. You know, I need to do well in my position and you need to follow through in yours and hopefully if things go well, then you improve and you get what you want out of this game. And then secondly is, is do they come back? So one thing that, again, that differs from most camps is that it's not a sign-up and we try this, and no matter how it goes, it's it's over in a couple days. This is, you know, a commitment. You're working through it. You're you're having tougher days than some days that are better. And um, so just working through the the whole summer leads you to kind of um, have that connection regardless. So that's cool. Stay with it. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one question that I told you I was going to ask you, because I'm really curious about this particular thing. And maybe now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, maybe it's because of the way it's portrayed in movies and like television. But it seems like you're you're not only working with a lot of kids, but you have a lot of parents' involvement too. And so I'm sure with that, there's criticism Mm -hmm. or you know, like we're talking about feedback, how do you deal with negative feedback or, you know, cause I think positive feedback, it's like, okay, cool. I'm doing a good job, but I'm sure that you've at some point made a parent mad somehow. Right. Yes. And so I'm wondering as a community leader, how do you deal with that kind of feedback and how do you address that going forward? That's a good question. Think first off the the input from the player can never be underestimated. So, if we're talking about a super young player, kindergarten or first grader, maybe not as much. But 
at a certain point, the game and the maturity level of the player meets, and I value their input a lot. So sometimes what a parent is thinking or is viewing in a condensed amount of time isn't exactly what the player is experiencing or echoing. I see. Um, so I try to be aware of that and try to give the opportunity for the player to speak, which in general I feel like, I don't know if it doesn't happen enough, but you'd be surprised at what some 6th or 7th graders will tell you about the game or about where they are with the game or anything else if you just kind of ask them sure. and let them talk and, and don't talk for a while. So that, in general, takes a little of the initial pressure off because first I want to hear from the player in conjunction with the parent, you know, um, yeah. in addition to the parent, that this is what they're experiencing, this is what they're feeling. So it's not just, you know, again, an emotional thing driven by a parent. Secondly... If your intentions are pure and you work hard and you know that at the end of the day you're tired from the hard work that you've tried to put forth, if you've given it the right thought and focus and energy and effort to every player, whether it's a sixth grade, sixth grader or the best high school player around, if you approach the workouts the same way and have the same attention and focus and passion towards it, then right away that um, that gives you confidence in your in your decision making. So if someone is maybe a little more negative or has some things, um, some criticism of you, you can at least know that, you know, intentions, um, you know, men aren't perfect, but intentions are. Sure. So that's what I rest on a little bit, you know, is that I'm trying, you yeah. know, and I, and I believe that I'm trying or we're trying. And so that counts for a lot, in my opinion. Yeah. And um, just secondly, too, the, the being real with them from the beginning that, this isn't all going to be laid out for us perfectly. Mm-hmm. So we can't sign the form, say let's be a way better basketball player, and then it's going to just happen for sure. sure. happens for, for to different people to different levels. Everyone's starting at a different place. The rate of which we improve changes. And so not being, you know, I just had a discussion the other day with a, with a player. He's um, been going to his driveway a little bit and working him out because he's so hungry like that. He's yeah. about to be an eighth grader. And, you know, I take so much from him. You know, I'm, he's just such an impressive young man. And I, in talking with him, just realized, like, how big everything is to young people. You know, they don't have experiences. They don't have downtimes where they're bouncing back from. They don't have a hard time that they saw through. If it's a bad day at practice, a lot of times it feels like the end of the world. So what I told this, this player, his name's Ace, He's going to be cold-blooded, but, you know, I said, um, because his his mom actually said, hey, thanks so much for the workout. He loved it. It was great. He wishes he would have done better, though, you know? Yeah. And so that was his thought. And I left thinking, another great workout with him, you know? No problem here. In fact, the opposite of a problem. We're progressing. Everything's great. He works hard. He's focused and wants to do well. He's thinking, I didn't make enough shots. Sure. Or whatever. And... Just letting him know that, okay, so let's be realistic about this. So you're in eighth grade. You want to be a cold-blooded, like, freshman, sophomore, then eventually, like, junior, senior, and that's what you're – is that what you want? And then if the answer is yes, which for him it was. So let's do the math here. So we got five years till you're a senior. Let's say we work out even a little – or, like, we work out really consistently. So that's going to be, let's say, 200 days a year, which is, you know, a lot, but you take in long summer camps. He's the type of kid who he comes to Harvard Academy, he has from the jump. Okay, so we got five years of 200 workouts or times we're in the gym together. 
So that's a thousand times times all the shots or the or the ball handling repetitions or whatever the situation is. If we're emotionally up and down, hanging on each of these occurrences, it is going to be tiring. We're never yeah. going to get there. So I need you to know that I'm not counting. I told him, I'm like, I left that workout energized and pumped. So just so you know where my headspace is, I'm not judging you. I'm not grading you day by day. It's a marathon. Sure. So let's just have the mental um, maturity and the bandwidth to just be like, all right, I know that this is going to have some trials and tribulations, but I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. And so I think that that's how you can meet a player a lot of times. I asked him, I said, he had just gone to a tryout for an AU team. And I asked him, I said, how – how do you feel you rank against those kids that you tried out against? Because I know most of the kids, um, part of the AAU organization. And so I asked him, and first of all, kids are often surprised when you just sit, ask them a question, then don't say anything and let them just speak on it. And he says, oh, I don't know, probably like middle, bottom half. And I said, you know, for me, the goal is as we progress through this training, if I ask you that question, it should be what kind of a stupid question is that? Right. Like I'm going out here to play. Like if you're going to make me answer, it's going to be, I feel like I'm as good as anybody. So why are we talking about this so long? You know? Yeah. So I, you know, a lot of times I feel like parents or players slot, slot themselves in to places good and bad. And really that doesn't serve us that well. It needs to just be how far can we push it, you know? Sure. And how, how much can we get out of this time that we have together? Yeah. That's awesome. So it it kind of sounds like you're teaching life lessons as well as basketball. Really. I mean, you know, all these kids are going to have to have that same sort of discipline once they find a career they want, you know, want to pursue their passions. It's, totally. Uh, you know, unintentionally, you know, it's about being real about the the game. I mean, there is some obviously intention on trying to build build young people, but if there's ever a reflection of life, it's basketball. You know, there are, you have to have a level of responsibility that you must uphold. You need others to do so. You need to communicate and operate together for long periods of time. You're not going to make every shot. So we know that now you are going to have some turnovers. So is everybody else at times. The key is reducing those improving, right? Mm -hmm. We don't always just want to miss every shot and just say, well, you know, that's life. Recognize that they're going to occur. We're going to have to go through some stuff to get where we're going. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Don't forget it. You have a bad game and you're driving home. Whether it's a bad game or a bad job interview or a tough day at work, the answer is to not complain, point fingers, have excuses, nor spend any time considering any of those factors. Sure. The answer is, all right, so... I got to gain tomorrow. I got to practice tomorrow. What am I going to do next to try to get better? And that's something that I feel like in any successful team I've ever been a part of or organization or on whatever scale, it is how people handle adversity, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, internal or external adversity is everything. Um, I just listened to, I was, oh, we watched The Last Dance and uh, Reggie Miller was on there talking about how with six minutes to go, they lost a tip ball. They were up three. There was a jump ball. They lost the jump ball, and the ball got swung around to Steve Kerr. He made a three to tie it. Now, this is with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter of this game, okay? And their description of it from himself and some of the other Pacer players was, at that point, I just knew 
we were done. At that point, everything changed. At that point, this. And I'm thinking, and everybody just kind of accepted it, you know, the people I was watching it with. And I'm thinking, how weak are you? Are you? That with six minutes to go, something bad occurring literally just flew everything off the rails. And now that's your excuse and you've used it for 25 years. Sure. So, um, where vice versa, I wish that that wasn't part of the story or, or part of the excuses. You know, it's okay, now we're tied with six minutes to go. So make the next thing occur that we need to have occur. Sure. So I've just always tried to drive that home. Like, you know, the, the next play mentality or whatever, but like, it's deeper than that. Sometimes, sometimes it's your emotional, um, strength. Yeah. Can I, can I fight through something? Can somebody see me do something poorly that I care about Yeah. and still go and try to do it again? And so I think that that, that helps a lot and, and it's basketball now, but hopefully it's something that these players take with them for a long time that, you know, if you walk out and your, your car tires flat, that it doesn't just end up in you getting a bunch of cur- you know, cursing at your significant other or whatever. Sure. The same way that if someone does something wrong or a ref makes a bad call, you don't automatically get a technical and lose your mind. Yeah. Like control your mind, control your words. They are, can be weapons can be used against you or, you know, for you. So for sure, that's what we try to drive home with those players. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So you, uh, obviously have been watching the last dance. I haven't watched any of it, but everybody's telling me I, I got to do it. And I, I want to, um, are you telling, are you going to tell the kids to watch that too? Or, um, is there any sort of like, uh, materials or, things that you have them kind of do as homework on their own other than the, you know, the physical aspect of it. Yeah, definitely. I think it's a great question. You know, I, you should watch the last dance because, you know, I think it's a very creative piece. You know, it obviously took a lot of time and effort and work. And so you can appreciate, I appreciate that, you know, for what it, what it is as far as just a creative, a creative piece that we're all able to enjoy. And also, you know, we're group born in the eighties, grew up in the nineties, the, the days yeah. of, you know, waiting for 30 minutes of inside stuff on Saturday to hear one player talk about behind the scenes stuff. It's so cool to have everything, um, you know, in front of us and in the same way that's, you know, excited. I'm excited to work with you and, and have uh, so much illumination towards what we're doing. But the, there's a few places I, I point players towards and, you know, it's where I look towards motivation or, um, you know, ways to try to capture being just steadfast. Mm -hmm. Um, Kobe Bryant, you know, rest in peace to Kobe. He, he was the epitome of fighting through stuff. Sure. Things going wrong, mind and will over any other factor that you could create internally or externally for him. You know, he airballs uh, three shots in, as a rookie um, in a playoff game, and everyone's calling him a failure. And, you know, what he ended up being, he wouldn't be able to do that without that. And plus, he's just very well-spoken. Yeah. You know? And so I would always try to – capture that and and a lot of times with our players because Harvard Academy is so long or you know when we were with teams and stuff we were intentionally sitting down and, and watching those sorts of things and those sorts of players um Nipsey Hussle he he speaks well um you know rest in peace to Nipsey you know I, I, I some of those the way he spoke and the way he approached you know the marathon that this this all is um you know hits me deeply and impacted yeah. me deeply and and sometimes I feel like that's able to be captured again with these players. Um, so, and then I also try to see what motivates them. You know, mm-hmm. what do you, what does a player listen to? Um, what does a player watch? What do you like? Thinking back to the early training days, there's a guy named, you know, speaking of, of 
progressing something over the course of time. There's a guy named uh, Devin Williams. So on Instagram, he's like uh, in the lab, Mr. 10,000 Hours. Um, his original YouTube videos when he had like a couple thousand followers were he was training these two dudes named Matt and Kyle Wong. And these are 5'10 dudes, not ripping the rim down or anything like that. But he worked them out and recorded it and edited it and made these videos. And they both just pushed the basketball thing till the wheels fell off. You know, they're both, again, dudes that aren't super athletic or super um, had all these scenarios that led them to something great. But they all played college basketball. They, they got a lot out of it. So those were some of my early influences and my ongoing influences, I guess. Yeah. Would be those, with the, those individuals. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you at some point looking to like do any of the trainings online or like if a kid can't make it one week, like, are, are you looking to do sort of like, and the reason I asked that is, um, not because I would help with that maybe, but, uh, I'm just curious cause the COVID thing I've worked with so many businesses and organizations, nonprofits, um, that had to take their model online overnight. And so I think that because people have been so familiar with that sort of life for like three months. I'm just wondering if there's stuff, maybe not just for the hardwood Academy, but for the YMCA in general that you would offer more online and try to reach that audience. Um, because, um, and I, and I've actually heard this from uh, numerous people, but, uh, they feel like they're having a better impact uh, reaching people like maybe through a zoom call or things like that, because, uh, I think when you go to a a place or you're having a conversation with somebody, your guard is kind of up, but if you're talking to somebody over zoom, Mm -hmm. like there's a, a a safety in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just kind of the feedback that I've been getting with people that like have clients or, like and so I'm just wondering if there's some sort of digital model coming that, to the that's YMCA. A way to frame it, yeah. You know, I'm envisioning a player walking into a crowded gym and some of the hesitancies that they might have, mm-hmm. you know, in a typical setting yeah. that maybe, you know, um, extinguish a little bit with being able to do it on your computer. I think that you know, doing something that you're passionate about and doing something that you want to see do well leads you to be able to collaborate with people. So mm-hmm. I feel like I wouldn't be sitting here with you without, you know, hard work and passion towards that. And so that leads you to the ability to expand in your opportunities. I don't um, know how to do that really well, like just produce, purely produce the content. You know, sure. I could be in the gym and know what to say to the players, but getting it into a, a friendly or a viewer friendly um, platform isn't something that I, know how to do or do well. So sure. I think the answer is yes. And I th- the kind of the initial foundation is what leads you to be able to do that and, and expand in those ways. There is no, you know, better time to reach out to those. And it's, if you want to go to the bigger scale, it's really a necessity a hundred percent to yeah. be able to um, spread like that. But it's about capturing it and putting out something that you could be proud of. You know, I could and have done, you know, iPhone videos and stuff like that. And, and I think it's a good try, but in order for it to be something that you're really proud of, proud of and try to replicate what it's actually like to be in the gym with someone, you need others. You need oh, people to help one, collaborate yeah. with. And, yeah. and so the answer is yes. So if sure. you're ready to start coming in and scheduling some film sessions, we're good. But 
No, that, I think that that's it. I think it's something that definitely interests me. I think that the the wide, you know, spanning impact that you can have is is exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the realization of get the right people with the right um, similar passion for what they do around you, and then hopefully that'll come out, and then you can have some, produce something that you're proud of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just so interesting. Um, you know, I know we started off talking about COVID, but just um, what I'm, what I'm hearing is like so many people, their work wouldn't allow, you know, working from home. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden it's like, people are actually being really productive. So it's kind of interesting hearing that feedback that, you know, some of those old sort of mentalities are being shattered. And I'm just being really surprised with how much people are doing at home. How what much what line are, of work are like some of the people that you're referring to at, just out of curiosity, I can see that you're, uh, it's, it's basically like cubicle workers. So mm-hmm. like insurance, um, trying to think of, uh, accounting, mm-hmm. um, different things like that. Um, obviously like with insurance and some of those, they still need to meet with clients and have some office hours. But I think what's interesting is talking to some of these business owners and them saying, I wasn't thinking about doing working from home, but because of COVID, because of what we were forced to do, we're actually starting to realize that it it's not that bad and people are getting their work done and it's being a little bit more efficient because um, when you're at home, and of course you have to assume that these people are taking their job seriously, right? So mm-hmm. not... Not everybody's going to, you know, because it takes one person to ruin working from home, right, for an organization. But, um, yeah, it's just just really interesting. That is interesting. With difficulty or or, um, with occurrences, like something like, you know, the virus shutting down the nation for two months, with that, over the course of history and time, has led to invention and ingenuity. Um, if I want to pull something and it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier, I'm going to invent something like the wheel. Sure. So I am in my lane of this job that you can do and have done and everything's going just fine. When the door is closed on that, you know, now what do you do? Are you really about it? Yeah. Are you really, you say that you're invested in clients or doing whatever it takes to, you know, meet their needs, whatever the business is. And it's like, okay, well, how how creative are you going to be? How ambitious are you going to be to get to continue to the level of service or better? Yeah. And so, again, over the course of time, just that's what humans do, or like what you'd hope that they do. Some some fall off. Some of sure. some I'm sure would look at it like a vacation, but I'm sure that's refreshing from you know somebody in your position that can help bridge that gap and connect those dots because. Yeah. Again, I, I could have all the ambition I wanted to. It'd be a million miles away for me to be able to actually create content for just sure. versus, versus that. So that's something that you can feel good about. I mean, yeah. dang. I mean, I'm sure they're, if they haven't told you, I'm sure they are, as am I, like appreciative of, you know, yeah. the outlets that, you know, you're able to provide. But yeah, I would say you kind of get to, you know, Nipsey said it, when it hits the fan, you get to find out who you are. Yeah. And so, yeah. Every time, like now. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things that, because uh, the uh, the kind of work that I was doing changed, so it wasn't 
I wasn't going out and filming or if I did a podcast, it was over a zoom call, that kind of thing. Um, but it became more of people sending me cell phone videos, uh, stuff they shot on their own. So they kind of were dipping their toes in that because of the limitations. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was editing the content and, and kind of making it more presentable. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just interesting because all of a sudden these people who were not tech savvy, it was, uh, they got thrown into it and they mm -hmm. had to do it. Uh, otherwise their audiences weren't, weren't going to be reached. I, I think it's cool in a way to see that happen. And for, yeah, me too. It, it adds a little bit of like validity to people that mm -hmm. do it that way that, that show that effort again, kind of going back to like, you know, the why in general, I don't know if we've been able to, to reach people in the total manner that we would like, but the effort has been there. Yeah. And then, so when you start to, you know, have someone like you to bridge the gap, then it can be realized. But again, in the beginning, you got to have the want to, yeah, to try to reach people. And so for sure they can add, add a lot to it. And yeah. also, you know, once you get back to being able to do things, um, more of the things we did prior, you realize that, Hey, I can do really well at this. And in addition, like you said, opening their eyes to the whole world that is out there that is producing content or reaching, you know, you know, people through uh, the different streams that you can. So, yeah, for sure. Well, and what's really interesting with uh, getting to know the YMCA staff, um, this is like one of the most passionate group, like groups of people I've ever met. And it's really cool. And so when we started talking about, you know, collaborating and, and working on stuff, I'm like, this is a gold mine. And not, not that it, you know, it's like you almost need that outside perspective because if you're part of an organization, so like you've been doing the Hardwood Academy for four years, I'm sure it's refreshing to come like hear from an outside perspective from somebody that just like learned about it. And after hearing about it, I'm like, well, yeah, we're going to support this, you know? Um, and so it's just, but what's interesting is it's just, it seems like everybody that is a part of the staff has that kind of passion and brings that, that drive and, and it feels like they're doing exactly what they want to be doing. That's a refreshing thing to hear you say, you know, you know, I said to you, you know, you have a family, you know, a young daughter and, and so from the perspective of someone who is aware of a lot of things that the Y does, but also from the outside, it's refreshing to hear you say that, you know, um, we talk about criticism or even like back to the parents and stuff like that. Let's say, you know, at the Y we have over 4,000 members, all of our associations, right? And so, um, if 1% of them are upset and are in your email inbox, that's a lot of people in your email you know, a lot yeah, of criticism yeah. in your, in your inbox. So to hear that is, is definitely refreshing. I think it, I think it happens for a few reasons. Um, the why oftentimes, you know, the seed is planted early. S they were a part of the why or a part of a similar situation that they value as part of their development as a young person. I, I love swimming lessons at the Y or I used to play basketball there with my dad or I go and I walk the track with mm -hmm. my with my mom when I was younger and now, so that is like the in, right? And then, you know, the why is encouraging community involvement and volunteerism. So what I've seen from a lot of my peers is that there's something that got them hooked. Yeah. And now they're given the opportunity to try to grow on that. And 
and it's varied, right? For me, it's basketball, you'd probably say, but there's people that feel equally strong about fitness or, um, you know, any level of healthy living or social responsibility that the Y has. So yeah. I think it's kind of like you don't consciously think about it when you're just doing your job and trying to do the best you can. But like a lot of times I think it's woven within the fiber of us that, Hey, what we're doing is important. And it's really nice and refreshing to hear some of that positive reinforcement that, you know, yeah, we're reach, we're reaching people and people are are happy about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I, and recently, I mean, and, and we talked a little bit about this before we started, but I mean, that's really why we, I wanted to start the podcast is, I'm meeting all these people that are super passionate about what they're, what they're doing. Not only are they passionate, but they want to be the best at it. And so like, when I hear you talk about like the hardwood Academy and you want to put it on the map, like you want to put Kelowna on the map for like the best basketball camp in Iowa. That's pretty rad, you know? And it's like what you were talking about working with the players. Is it going to be work? Yeah you know, and it's going to be a mental game and it's going to be sort of a marathon, like you're saying, well, everybody's got that mentality at the Y, you know, and, and, and it's just so cool because, uh, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, I, as a parent, I love Kelowna even more than I did growing up here. Hmm. And I appreciate the people that are like, let's make this thing. Let's, let's put our town on the map. I love that. That's 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 awesome. You know, in hearing you talk, I think it's it's so when it comes to passion, let's just say basketball, right? Yeah. So like as the director who and I I'll, like I don't say selfishly speak here, but so how am I going to spend my days as a as someone in, in my career, right? A couple of things. I'm not going to make it to the NBA anytime soon, I don't think. But do I have, I have such a love for the game that I'm finding a way to make my new Jordans the same shoes I wear to work. Sure. Right. Yeah. So we're able to capitalize and work in a area that we love at at the Y often because it's so varied. Yeah. And then also I think that maybe some of what you're talking about is at least I feel it and I feel, and I, and I know some of my peers feel it that being real about the pressure Mm-hmm. If if we had a restaurant and you didn't like the restaurant, you'd go to a different restaurant. If the there's not a going to be a ton of rec centers in a place like Cologne or Washington or Wellman, a community like that. So if we're not doing well, it's going to be a problem because people need to go out to eat and people need to go to the rec. So sure. they they can't just go to the other one, the other basketball place or the other pool, or the other fitness class that. Um, that's going on. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a responsibility to people that, hey, if we're going to have these things set up for us, if we're going to have these opportunities and these, you know, facilities that you, a guy like you and your family, needs to know that they're getting a good experience or that, yeah. or that they're at least, um, at least have ambition with it. Yeah. Versus, uh, you know, my worst nightmare is, you know, the word of mouth of, oh, yeah, I went to the Y and this, this, this happened and it was bad. Yeah. Like just trying to avoid that on a, you know, individual, then ultimately the grand scale all the time is kind of how I spend my time. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I totally get that. Yeah, man. Awesome. So we're at the uh, end of our time. So, um, 
just any closing thoughts? Like, is there anything uh, that you want to say to people out there that are, you know, in the community, uh, thinking about getting involved in programs? And, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's it's an exciting time. I know it's a trying time for you know our members or people in the community, but I think that we're going to work through it together. One thing about you know you speak about community, smaller towns, or you know YMCA associations. It's different than just living amongst each other or, you know, being on a treadmill next to somebody else. You know, there is that sense of community where we're more than just a gym and a swim. So we're anxious to get back to to that mm-hmm. and the familiar faces that we have and, and, you know, encouraging new. Yeah, again, when met with adversity, you, get, you kind of find out who you are. So I think, you know, us as a YMCA and organization get to find out a little bit what we're about and, and um, you know, hope the, the community sees the, the benefit in that. So I think that that's, that's kind of how I feel about stuff right now. I think it's go time. I think it's, you know, we talk about excuses or, you know, missing shots and playing through it. I think it's our time right now to play through it a little bit because yeah. much in the same way of, like, maybe you've heard, like, somebody say, like, nobody cares, work harder. Mm-hmm. My thing also is, you know, nobody cares unless you win. Now, what winning means changes from sure. things to things, sure. but, like, you know, uh, none of these factors will matter or nor get us off the hook if we're not able to execute. So feeling that right amount of pressure and feeling that right amount of, um, just desire to meet people where they, where they need to be met to have, you know, part of that healthy pillar of their, of their daily lives or what they want to wrap their family around and stuff. So, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Cool, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast and, uh, we're wishing the best of luck to the hardwood Academy and, and the slow open, of the YMCA, man. John, thanks to you, man, and Storyline Media for, you know, sponsoring the Y and, and, and Harvard Academy. And I'm, I'm honestly just kind of glad, like we were saying, I'm glad I got uh, on the pod before uh, you hit that, that big Spotify deal or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so Spotify deal. I'll yeah, take right. it. Yeah, yeah, that Joe Rogan money. That's that, no, yeah, that, <laughs> what, how many figures is that? 100 million? I don't even know. Dude, yeah, but, I can't even. Yeah. Dude, um, shout out to you, man. It's been, it's been awesome to connect with you and get to know you. Um, And so I just appreciate it. Appreciate the opportunity. Cool. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you.